Triple Whale has just launched a simple finance platform called FinHub, and I'm already loving it. One simple dashboard for all the tools and accounts you're already using, so you can gain clarity with your consolidated data, your real-time cash flow, your accrual P&Ls. It's designed to help those brands that are built on Shopify to operate smarter. So go over to triplewhale.com and check it out. Influencer marketing is a full funnel marketing program, and it doesn't fit cleanly in the branding bucket and it doesn't fit cleanly in the acquisition bucket. Welcome to Pit Stop. Joining me today is Brad Hoos, the Chief Growth Officer from The Outloud Group. They're a full-service influencer marketing agency that creates and executes strategic campaigns at scale, including for some large brands with large influencers like Mark Roper, a top, top YouTuber, and some of the campaigns that they've done with Bose. I mean, you know Bose. They, they make great headphones, sound, and audio equipment. If, if you're in aviation, some of the best headsets, but a big legacy company. So really bridging the gap from traditional marketing and advertising and metrics to more modern metrics. And that's what we're going to be talking about a little bit today. If you enjoyed this conversation, you can read a little bit more about everything influencer marketing. Just look for Brad Hoos, H-O-O-S, through the Outloud group and articles published by the exclusive Forbes Council. So Brad, welcome to Pit Stop. Thank you, Lucas. It's great to be with you today. Long admired your work and, and I'm excited to get a chance to talk with you and give back to the community a little bit. Really appreciate it. Let's jump into the first episode, which is going to be the do's and don'ts of influencer marketing. So really picking and choosing them and what to do right, what maybe you see happen that's not so right. Because you have to be kind of set up for success even before you start measuring it, which is what we'll be talking about in the next episode. So hit that follow button on Spotify if that's of interest to you, the subscribe button on Apple. But first, what are the do's and don'ts of influencer marketing? Well, maybe we start with one of the most important do's. That is to just let creators be themselves. So for anyone out there who's got a significant other and you've in engaged with their family, around the holidays. I'm pretty confident that the way you would engage with your nuclear family and the way you would engage with your significant other's nuclear family is a little bit different. And it would feel very forced if you were engaging with your significant other's family the way you engage with your own personal nuclear family that you grew up with. And similarly, I feel like a lot of brands have a hard time understanding that creators are fantastic brand advocates but what they're not is, is good at speaking in terms of the brand voice. So when brands engage with creators and want them to advocate for them, they really need to let them advocate and not try to replicate the brand's voice, right? So the brands are really smart in terms of developing out their own cadence, the verbiage, the colors, the style, and that works with the brand voice. But third-party advocacy, which is really what influencer marketing is, works very differently and has a very different set of languages and, and approaches. And so we want to make sure that when we're running influencer campaigns as a brand, that we're letting creators speak in a way that's true to their channel. I think that that's really important too, because if you tell someone how to post something and it's totally different from the rest of their content, it's just not going to resonate with their audience, which is why you're partnering with them in the first place. If you want your message verbatim, then just buy the ads. It'll be much easier and you aren't sacrificing that gain that you get from working with a creator or influencer. 
we've all heard someone say to us at one point in our lives, like, hey, just you be you because you're a first rate version of yourself and you'll be a second rate version of someone else. And for a brand, sometimes they can forget that when they're working with creators. Like, no, don't try to have a creator be a second rate brand conduit. Have them be a first rate messenger of your brand in their own tone and and their own voice. That's one of the things that I I always like to start with when trying to understand what's going to make for a successful influencer campaign in, in terms of just the right mindset. And, and similarly, there's a lot that we could get into, and I, and I think we're going to have the opportunity to do so later from a measurement perspective in terms of what makes for a good influencer campaign. But I think one of the most important things from a, a measurement perspective is to really understand that influencer marketing is a full funnel marketing program, and it doesn't fit cleanly in the branding bucket, and it doesn't fit cleanly in the acquisition bucket or direct response or performance or growth or whatever it's called inside of an individual organization. But if you understand that influencer is a full funnel marketing channel and you measure it accordingly, you're probably gonna have success with that influencer program. And that's one of the things that I think is can be really hard for a lot of brands, but for the brands who who get that right, they see a ton of success with influencer marketing. And I think that that's a really good way to set it up and use. We were talking a little bit before. I bought some Bose headphones because of an influencer you work with, Mark Roper. He does a lot of really cool builds and experiments. But the way that he promoted the headphones was he basically showed with a really easy to understand scientific demonstration of how the noise canceling works. And I had wanted some noise canceling headphones for the last 10 years. I was familiar with who Bose was. I'd bought Bose products in the past. So really, it could have been anywhere in that funnel, which is why influencer marketing is a strategy to use throughout the whole funnel. Where would you say that influencer marketing typically would exist within an organization or a marketing department? Influencer marketing is not maybe in its infancy stage anymore because it's grown and, and there's a, a lot of statistics about you know $30 billion industry, but I'd say it's still very much in its infancy. And as part of that, brands are, are still scratching their head a little bit in terms of where this needs to fit inside of an organization. So I mentioned a little bit earlier, you know, traditionally there's sort of a, a branding group and there's a performance group or direct response group inside of organizations. And sometimes it makes sense for influencer marketing to fall into one of those buckets. But from my perspective, influencer marketing really is a great source to bring together different parts of a marketing organization, which would include PR, which includes social, which would include the creative group and and anyone who's working to gather user-generated content. Influencer marketing, in my opinion, is definitely part of marketing to the extent that you would have PR separate from marketing. I would put influencer clearly in the marketing bucket. But I really would look for an organization to be able to take credit for upper funnel pieces of value, mid funnel pieces of value, and lower funnel pieces of value to be able to really make sure you're taking advantage of influencer marketing. So sometimes, you know, where it sits can be a little bit of an internal tug of war, but the most important thing is to be able to attribute successes across the entire funnel for influencer. I think that that's really, really well said because it is on the creative department. It could be what you come up with your holiday creative with. It could also be your direct responses in the case of Bose, where Bose had a great landing page that if you went through that, it was very clear where you're coming from. 
you bring up a great point there about the importance of a landing page and being able to connect the creator's page with the brand. Because ultimately, as a brand, you want to tap into that trust that exists between the creator and their audience. And that, that's really powerful. And having a, a strong landing page is, is certainly a wonderful part of the solution there. The last item we're going to talk about before wrapping it up, and then we will talk about some KPIs and measurement in the next episode, but legacy brands. I mean, Bose is owned by MIT and they were started in 1967, so they've definitely been around for a while. If you're a legacy brand when you got started, the internet wasn't even a thing. What would you say some tips are for getting comfortable with influencer marketing, we'll say? I mean, tips for using influencer marketing in a very successful and strategic way. But what would you say some of those tips are for more legacy brands and newer brands too? It's interesting because I do think sort of having influencer marketing be in its adolescent stage, it's finally starting to attract the attention of some legacy brands. And they see the success of the challenger brands of the you know, next gen brands that are out there with, with influencer. And so there's finally maybe a recognition of, I don't want to say a problem, but a recognition that this is a valid channel to be able to get the attention of folks in a very noisy world. So the biggest thing that I think legacy brands can do is not take themselves so seriously and to let creators do their thing a little bit. And so what we have found time after time is that brands who are willing to let go just enough are gonna see some success and then success begets success a lot of times in marketing world. So I think just being willing to carve out a, a test budget and really make sure that you're investing enough dollars to truly understand what the test is. Because to say you've done all influencer marketing when you ran with you know two creators for static Instagram posts a, a year ago is really selling the industry you know short. So I think working to really understand the breadth of opportunities that fit with the legacy brand's objectives and then investing enough to be able to start to see some of the results in an intelligent measured way that might be a little bit different than how they're used to measuring things is, is one of the most effective things. So really what I'm saying is test it out, test it out in a really smart way and make sure the test is significant enough that you're going to get results. Well, I think that is the perfect time to wrap it up. Brad, people can find you back here tomorrow if you enjoy this episode. Maybe go and share it with your significant other's nuclear family and see if they enjoy it as well. You can find Brad over at the Out Loud group. And if you want to see some of their work, just head over to the Mark Rober YouTube page. on television in primetime can lead to a large number of sales. Just ask anyone who was in the tank pitching their business or the co-founder of TB12 what happened after he won the Super Bowl or whatever I'm allowed to call it in this ad for ship pop. TB12 had four times their normal sales volume in December and they were able to get all of those orders out on time because they're partnered with ShipBob. You can partner with ShipBob too. Head to ShipBob.com, get a quote, see what difference it could make for your business.
Triple Whale is doing some amazing things nowadays. They're developing just a huge range of tools to help your brand stay informed and scale. And Whale Mail is where you can get all these details. So head over to triplewhale.com and sign up today. 